What do you do when you serve more than one master? I am forever being pulled left to right, right to left, forwards and backwards when it comes to listening to music. It's a very welcomed problem. I love rock and roll so much, I play in a rock and roll band, make rock music, and play rock and roll shows for a living. It was a way not to just get close to the music, but submerge myself in it 24 hours a day. And this has been going on now for 19 years. I'm very grateful for being able to do so. I don't take it for granted, and I love what I do, but there is always a forefinger tapping me on the shoulder, reminding me that there is another music I pledged to long time ago and continue to do so to this day that asks for equal attention. Metal music is something that I became a card-carrying fan of when I was a little kid, and although I've gone on through many phases where I ignored it and gave up on it, metal music never stopped winning me back to its fold over and over again, and long ago came to terms with the fact that heavy metal is in my DNA. It will always be something I listen to and follow. There's really no turning back now. However, when you have varied musical tastes, the reality of the music world doesn't really match up. The music business and its music scene is largely dictated by the so-called expertise of record labels, radio, music journalists, and their impressionable followers and fans who all employ, whether they realize it or not, strict guidelines as to who and what to like, compartmentalizing it neatly into categories, never letting the different musics associate alongside each other for too long. Hard music, heavy music, is largely seen as lowbrow and tucked away because of it, usually late at night, off-peak hours, and in the back pages, almost like an afterthought, almost like an embarrassment. And when I become the butt of someone's joke due to the music I play, I know immediately the twisted design self-appointed music pundits have constructed is having its effect and influence on simpletons. Nothing to worry too much about, but it is annoying having to deal with these boneheads who got into music three, four years ago and now consider themselves experts directing their half-informed jeers my way if only having a wide musical palette could be seen as an asset. Maybe then the industry can start to change and become more open to other forms of music, become more open to heavy music, rather than keeping restricted access to what is deemed cool. And even within the snubbed genre of hard and heavy music lies the unspoken restrictions placed on its members by its members. Many times when people have found out I like metal, they are genuinely surprised. How can someone who likes Kiss and the Stooges like Dark Throne and Opeth? Sounds ridiculous that there should even be a gap to build a bridge, but the answer is easy. I listen to what my ears tell me is good rather than what everyone else tells me is good, and I go from there. Stuck in the same predicament as myself, but on the other side of the fence, is Soilwork singer and frontman Bjorn Stried. Soilwork are a death metal band from Helsingborg, Sweden, and with nine albums under their belt, they have achieved what most bands only dream of. Now, in their 20th year as a band, they are, as of this podcast, in the studio working on their 10th album. But whether people realize it or not, Street has another band. 
and that band has a completed second album ready to be unleashed onto the world. The Night Flight Orchestra, a five-piece AOR classic rock-inspired project, not just showcases Street's talent as a songwriter and singer, but can very well be the only contemporary outfit of its kind. Forgoing the usual Sabbath Zeppelin melange and opting for a classic rock checklist made up of underused acts like Asia, Toto, Styx, and Foreigner, alongside quintessential acts like Deep Purple and Kiss. What makes the Night Flight Orchestra stand out is how much they flawlessly nail that AOR sound from the 70s and 80s, a sound so rarely attempted these days. This past December, a little after Christmas, I got a chance to hang out with another Bjorn, Bjorn Gelat of In Flames, who spent his holidays in Toronto, and it was inevitable that we would eventually get together and jam. Streed was also present at the Ashtabula Jam, and it became quickly apparent that the screaming and death metal vocals he's known for are merely one part of his repertoire. That night, I drove Street home, and he played me the new Night Flight Orchestra. I was nervous to listen to it with him present in the car. It's always very nerve-wracking to listen to someone else's record with them in the room. It's a situation that can turn awkward very fast when it becomes evident the record is terrible. I'm not very good at feigning enthusiasm and prefer to disappear rather than lie. But after the first 30 seconds of the first song, Sail On, my mind wasn't just put to ease, it got really excited. Here we were, not even into 2015, and I might have already found my favorite album of the year. Track after track made me drive slower and slower as to prolong the listening session. Of course, this made me want to sit down with Street for a more in-depth discussion on the Night Flight Orchestra. Luckily for me, Street spends a lot of time in Toronto and was able to snag him a day before he was to leave back to Sweden. Skyline Whispers is the name of the second album by Night Flight Orchestra a band that features David Anderson of Soilwork and Charlie D'Angelo of Archenemy. The album will be released sometime this April, and if this talk of ours gets your curiosity piqued, track it down. It will be well worth the search. I'd like to thank Blue Mic Microphones for their Yeti mics and Skull Candy Headphones for their Aviator headphones. Thanks to you for listening to this podcast. Every time I meet someone at, at a show or so, somewhere, I'm told and I'm told that they're listening to the podcast. It, it's, it's, really, it, it's really cool. So it's, it's nice to know I'm not just talking into a mic by myself in my room. So thank you to all out there. Please leave a rating or a review in the various iTunes stores too. Thanks a lot for that. Okay, onward with the episode. Bjorn Street is this episode's guest on the official Danko Jones podcast, and it starts n- now. The Danko Jones podcast is the best around. Nick Lennon is Danko's co host. Hello for free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes. Jimmy in from Fucto. Stop playing Hangs out. The googly gaggly goblins will make sure they get their podcast fill by listening to Danko Jones. 
Then snacking on some broken bones. And scaredy cats will run amok. When rock and roll starts to talk. Flapping gums and striking tongues. A chilly podcast has now begun. <laughs> the Danko Jones podcast is simply superb, splendidly fine, wonderfully wild, very divine. Um, this podcast that we're doing today was birthed um, a couple of weeks back before New Year's when we were, you and I got together with Bjorn from In Flames mm. and uh, we jammed on some some covers with Ashtabula. Yeah. In somewhere somewhere across town, far, far away from me. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. It was it was really close to to the airport. Yeah. That I know. And that's not my neck of the woods, man. I like to stay far away from uh, airports as possible. I'm around <laughs> yeah. them enough. Yeah. Um, but um, the, one of the selling points for soul work is the fact that you can scream and growl as much as you can sing and you can mm. you, you it varies from one one line to the next almost mm. um but it, but it's always under the the metal a metal setting obviously because soil work is a metal band but mm. you were rip the first cover we did i think was man on the silver mountain yeah. rainbow yeah and uh i immediately felt like okay now i'm was this a competition now? This guy's <laughs> whipping this up. I was expecting like, like you were like gonna do it haphazardly and stop yeah. and everybody have a laugh because that's what it was. It was yeah. just us jamming together in a room. Like, well, I didn't know what was gonna come out. Seriously, I've never done that song before, and I, I don't know. I was, I was kind of nervous too. You know, I, I, I don't know. I just decided to go for it. And I yeah, it, I, I was like, I guess it was. Pretty decent, yeah. Yeah, and you were like, "Yeah, I'll do, I'll do the, I'll do Rainbow, I'll do this." I'll do Rainbow. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I was, I felt like saying what the thought passed my head for a second. Mm. Um, you know, people don't do Rainbow, man. You you should stay away yeah, from all that deal that. stuff. Yeah. Like that's like that's just gonna be comedic. Yeah, but we're jamming here. Let's just have yeah. a laugh, sure. Mm. And then you ripped it out, and it's like, oh. Oh, it's going to be like this now. Oh, like you, me and Bjorn can go head to head now. <laughs> um, but then, and then, and then we, we, uh, then I drove you home and then you started playing me Night Flight. Mm. And uh, you told me about this project a couple of years back. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. Yeah. And I probably mentioned that it's stuff that, you know, bands are not really doing nowadays. Like if bands are getting together to do like a, 70s project it's it's usually like early 70s bell bell bottoms kind of thing you know where it's more like groovy and this is more like how can i say uh it sounds like it's more on cocaine than pot yeah not saying that we are doing any cocaine whatsoever i'm just saying like the actual sound like that 80s cocaine synthetic yeah, it, there's a certain like luxury, like more luxurious feeling over it, which I don't know, maybe it doesn't sound very appealing to people, but to me, that's like the part of the 70s, like the late 70s and the early 80s that really appeals to me that was like made on 
Coke. Coke. You know, yeah. I totally understand. I think a lot of people understand yeah. what you mean. Um, and I'm gonna, I think I'm going to play a few tracks during the podcast yeah. just so people know what we're talking about because I really want to focus in on Night Flight yeah. Orchestra. Cool. I think uh, it's called Skyline Whispers, and it's your second album. Yes. So I was sleeping on the first one. But that night, I drove you home. I got an exclusive uh, preview track for track mm. with you sitting there. And then you told me I'll play the new you know, Night Flight. And I'm like, this could go really badly <laughs> because when you know, the person who made the music is in front of you waiting for your opinion, um, it can get awkward when you really deep down inside don't like it. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, track after track, I was giving you my honest opinion. I thought it was phenomenal. The fact that, you know, you go for this era and you nail it. You nailed the era, man. <laughs> like, the era. Um, it's like, uh, I think it's like, um, you know, the Karate Kid, uh, uh, you know, don't when, when he's winning the, the tournament. Winner takes it all. Winner it? takes it yeah. all, yeah. yeah. That Joe Esposito song or like um, Man in Motion, John, John Parr, like mm. St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah. St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah, yeah. And um, a couple of other songs. Asia, yeah, that's another band that yeah. maybe people, you know, where do they sit in the lexicon of rock? Because they're still classified as a rock band. Yeah, you can say pop band, but yeah. they're really a rock band. Yeah. Ha- don't we have enough Sabbath like acolytes? You know, there's enough. That's, bands. that's what I feel, and I, I mean, that's what I also wanted to do with this band. Not saying because I, I do love Sabbath and, and a lot of the early '70s as well, but. For me, like bands like Foreigner and like Boston are way more important um, because of the melodies and kind of like the the energy. It's a different kind of energy than uh, the early 70s. Um, not saying that I like trippy parts in, in, in music as well, like progressive rock. I, I do like that, but when it's like more like bigger melodies with like a lot of you know harmonies backups in the in the chorus and it's really good singers you know we don't really see those anymore you know doing that kind of rock like late 70s rock like Lou Graham Foreigner he's like my absolute favorite singer from that era I would say you know yeah there's others for sure but he's definitely one of them you know nobody can really sing like that anymore the new dude from Foreigner, we played with Foreigner last year. Oh, Kel- Kelly... Uh, Whoever that Kelly Hansen? Kel- yeah, I think... That guy nails he, it. He, he is really good, and, and sorry for not mentioning that, because that is true. He's amazing. And he not, is amazing. not only voice, but like look and image yeah, and he's, stage he's presence. A, he's a rock star. I'm like, yeah, he's a rock star yeah. that everybody should... In the should sense have, of the word. Like, should have known. Yeah. He's like um, kind of Steven Tyler meets like... Not David Lee Roth, but that kind of yeah. front man. Yeah. Um, in Foreigner, I he's got the look and mm. the, the the performance. Yeah. I I was surprised when we yeah. we played with them and they it was us then Foreigner then Def Leppard. If you can believe that, wow. happened um, in Quebec City. How awesome is yeah. that? Congrats. We, yeah, it's it's pretty cool that 
that happened. I'm a I'm a early Def Leppard fan myself. Mm. I'm not that big of a Foreigner fan, right. but um, I, if anybody knows, like on Pyromania, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's called Action Not Words. So I had to do it. I mm. go, I said, Welcome to my show. I did it on the stage. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think half the crowd got it at that point. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's awesome. But um, yeah, I, I think Lou. You know. Um, how many albums did Foreigner sell? Like 20 million, 50 yeah, million? Yeah, like crazy amounts. And yet you, you never hear, no matter how many rock guys you talk to, say, Lou Graham is one of my favorite singers. Oh, no, that's true, yeah. And yeah. You're, there's no there's no irony in, in your no. in your statement. This no, is for definitely real. not. No, um, I, I love him. Like, I, I mean, obviously I will have other favorite singers from other types of music, right? I have a lot of favorite singers, but he's like probably the like number one when it comes to that genre you know of, of, of music yeah um but then the album itself doesn't just sit in that era there no. it veers a little back and forth there's yeah. there's tracks that sound like um, like my favorite track is one of the more rocking tracks mm. lady jade i think it was yeah that that track is like that's that <laughs> that's one of the greatest like contemporary like kind of harken back throwback tracks around right now that everybody will hopefully hear when this album yeah, gets released so, yeah. it's fucking phenomenal and then there's other tracks i don't know the names offhand but there's one that sounds like kiss meets grand funk railroad yeah another one sounds like um thin lizzy a little bit yeah. then there's one a couple that sound like purple mm. uh one sounds like white snake yeah but that's it the white snake that that incorporated so many keyboards, so many key, so much keyboards that it does actually fit in that '80s era. Yeah, it's like slided in, sort of, maybe. A, come and get it, Saints. Yeah, 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 coming maybe a little bit earlier. Yeah. Well, I nailed the song. I, I remember if you yeah. remember, I was yeah. in the car going, "What? What's that White Snake song? Yeah, it's off that fucking album." And so it's "Don't Break My Heart Again." Oh, here we go. It's like dun dun dun. Yeah, dun, yeah. Dun, and dun, I dun, love. Dun, dun, dun. I yeah. love that. And like, uh, what's that Journey song? Is it Separate Ways? Maybe. Yeah. It's it's got those like um, the keyboards with the keytars and the drums mm-hmm. just make it like this trudging, this like stomp. stomping. Yeah. You know, it's it's amazing. Which and is straight bass, it. and then like work around it with the keyboards. I I, I just love that. So who's but, in the band? Well, um, we have David Anderson, um, who's also in, in soil work, playing guitar. Okay, because the guitar work is pretty stellar. Yeah, he is absolutely fantastic. And he, he came into to soul work um, around 2006. He started touring with us as a session guitarist when we were looking for a new one. And later on, he uh, joined the fold permanently. Uh, when we started touring together, especially when we toured in North America, we bonded over like classic rock. We just had like a classic rock hour in the back lounge every day and bonded over so many bands, right? And it was really a great feeling meeting somebody who had, who understood what I meant, you know, when going through all those songs. And because um, there are other guys in the band of soul work that enjoys classic rock, but not half as much as I do. They're usually more into 
like newer stuff or like Dirk is pretty much like strictly death metal. He loves like old school death metal drummer Dirk. And, um, you know, for example, Flink, he listens to Country and Mastodon pretty much. I think that kind of sums it up in, in, a, in a sense. And, and Sven, keyboard player, is into more, you know, Aphex Twin. Um, he also, you know, Mashuga stuff like that uh, more more into like obscure stuff so it's mostly me who's into that kind of like even like early toto and stuff like that i i absolutely love you know and bobby kimball is another favorite of mine for sure so it was actually cool that you know dave joined the fold and uh that we bonded so much over over classic rock and that's when we started talking about creating a band doing stuff like that you know and um, and that's when we got in touch with because we knew that Charlie D'Angelo from Arch Enemy and Spiritual Beggars that he was really, you know, the right bass player for that kind of stuff because we knew he was really into that. And uh, so we asked him, and he was like, "Yeah, let's let's go." And I had a friend friend back home, Richard Larson, who had, I've known him for probably fifteen years, and he's an amazing uh, keyboard player, fantastic. Like, and he's he's he comes from that whole old school kind of AOR world. Yeah. So we, we just felt that, you know, that's, that's definitely the perfect guy for it. And uh, then on drums, uh, David had a childhood friend that he said, like, we need to get this guy to play drums. He's, trust me, he's like, he's, he's, he's amazing. He's bought him and, and more. Wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the musicianship is stellar. But for me, what I zeroed in on was the uh, the songwriting, just like putting myself in that position going, would I be able to pull this off if I had to? And I don't think I could write that kind of music. Hmm. And then also being a singer, um, in quotes, <laughs> um, listening to your vocals, knowing what you, you do in your real, well, not real band, but your full-time band the band yeah, that everybody yeah. knows you for you are probably the most underrated overlooked versatile overall heavy hard singer in music today wow i have to tell you that. well i don't know what to say thank you for for saying that I, <laughs> because I, there's guys you know who can rip it out i mean yeah. i think it's insane that you do that, and the melodic voice always kind of harken to, you know, maybe there is another side to them, mm. but they usually tend to go in the kind of like adult contemporary yeah. singer-songwriter, oh, he can mm. sing a nice soft song, but mm. this is like, you know, David Coverdale, fucking uh, Steve Perry, this is like... A, a, a part of rock that is not forgotten but cast aside yeah it's like yeah. the dirty secret that us you know everybody wants rock the rockers want rock to be known for sabbath and zeppelin and and you know yeah. heavy and hard and um macho and and mm. you know just searing guitar solos and get the fucking keyboards out unless they can just like 
be yeah. really back in yeah. the mix. I agree, and I think some of those bands are not even being being taken very seriously nowadays. You know, it's it's more like a joke. It's more like an ironic thing you put on. You Definitely know, in, in a bar. Oh, remember this song? And it's you know, and it's always "Don't Stop Believing," obviously, and then. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, remember these guys? And it's kind of like an ironic feel yeah. to it. You yeah. Know? But there's definitely fans out there, so I'm not going to, you know, say that everyone is being ironic about it. You know, they definitely have a... Well, the people who aren't, you know, then you look at them and you're like, oh, my God, this is, you're just out of a... You were, you never, you never left that era. Yeah. You know, and they become the joke. The audience is almost the joke. Yeah. Now, did you find that you could do Night Flight, or, or Night Flight Orchestra now um, because you've got soil work under your belt? You've got this macho thing. You've got this heavy thing under your belt. Yeah. Now you can... Well, I don't know if I ever... If I ever was, you know... Was worried about anything like that. You know, what I'm, I'm seeming like. What kind of guy, you know... Because I never really play the, the macho card in, in soul work either you know especially in interviews I'm pretty like I open up my heart and sometimes a little bit too much I feel you know I'm, I'm not you know I, I talk about panic anxiety I talk about whatever you know I, I don't really have anything to hide and maybe I should sometimes I don't know but I never had to play that card I feel you know I I am a big guy you know I'm, I'm shaved and I, I guess for some people, I look sort of intimidating, but you know, I'm 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 a pretty nice guy. You know, I can get pissed off for sure, but I am also a very nice guy. Definitely nicer than I look. Um, so no, I I don't think I ever had to you know play that card. Right. But <clears throat> it's it's uh, it's a lot easier to to. Um, not having to throw everything in at the same time, all my influence in, influences into soul work anymore. Because before we had all this, like, okay, I want to get that melody in there, and that reminds me of Foreigner, and then it's like, oh, you know, and, and I, I love, for example, like Behemoth and and this and that. Like, I wanted everything in there, you know. And if, for the most time, it actually worked to me. I mean, we've done some good stuff, you know, mm -hmm. stuff that I'm oh, proud yeah. of. But now that that I've been doing night flight, you know, I have all those things in there. You know, I got Foreigner, I got Boston, I got Fleetwood Mac, which is another absolute favorite of mine, and you know, especially Stevie Nicks. So that's that's all in there. And now I can just like I want Soul Wars to be pretty damn brutal, you know, because that is a part of me as well. I, I like metal. I am a metal guy as well, even though I'm sometimes a little bit more of a rocker it's an interesting meeting of the minds between you and i, I think because i'm i'm a rock guy yeah but i i love metal yeah and you're known for as a metal guy but you love rock so mm. it's a, it's an interesting thing yeah i don't would never take on metal though i don't think i would do a metal project why um because i think it's just too hard <laughs> i don't have the chops and um uh also i i want to remain a fan yeah, uh, I, I see what you mean. And yeah. keep the music mysterious. Yeah. Um, so, in that sense, has your fandom grown for rock, or is it overtaking 
the metal side now that this is kind of up and up and ready to go? Well, since that's you know that's what I do most of the time. I, I tour with soil work. You know, I perform metal, which I still love. I love to to write and perform metal. With that being said, I I wouldn't I can't really say that I listen as much to metal as I used to. Um, and I don't want to be you know cynical about it. it's like there's no good stuff coming out in anymore i mean there probably is i i'm just not finding it and i'm not putting in the effort and i guess that shows a little bit of of you know uh where my interest lies you mm-hmm. know in, in a sense but then again if i find like a new like a metal band coming out with this crazy good record you know i'm all over it you know and I'm, i will promote it in any way I can, you know, and you know, at the gates, for example, they just released like a killer record, you know, it's 20 years later, pretty much mm-hmm. since they released slaughter of the soul. And it's not going to say have the same effect on me, you know, uh, let's be honest about it. I mean, I bought the slaughter of the soul as soon as it came out and it blew my mind, you know, and the new one blows my mind as well, but in a different way. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, definitely. It's not the same thing. It's just as good, but it's a different feeling. I'm 20 years older and I'm sure it's different for them too you know so it's oh I mean the albums that you, you when you were younger that you found and you loved I mean I listen. I used to listen to on repeat I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't budge but now when I find an album that I really love and a band that I really love it's not to that extreme yeah because I, I, I mean thinking back I, I do remember like coming home from school and especially in junior high I had this this everyday routine coming home from school. I had like, you know, a little bit of a snack in the afternoon, and then I went to bed. I fell asleep to dissection, storm of the lights. <laughs> that was my favorite thing to do, and I was just like taking a nap and like falling asleep to that, you know, to to black or death metal. That was my favorite thing to do, and it was so soothing. And I can't take naps anymore today. I'm terrible i can't take a nap it, it doesn't work i don't fall asleep yeah i can't take naps either no unless i'm sick that's different so that's what i actually try to think of when like when i go to bed at night and i have you know uh, i have a hard time to sleep i i think about i think back when i'm on my bed in my childhood room listening to dissection in the afternoon feel the sun coming in from the window and that noise in the background and like feeling you know so good about it and it's very soothing that's what i try to think about when i try to fall asleep you know that sounds psychotic i know <laughs> it does <laughs> but it worked at least back then um but yeah no i hear you i hear you um yeah my routine when i when i think back in my head i just remember like i would listen to rain and blood it would take me an hour i'd listen to it four times a day yeah because it's an hour to go to school so yeah it was half an hour or um, sabotage by Black Sabbath. I just remember I didn't have, I didn't have all that money. It's not the internet days where you can just grab a, a an album or yeah. or any album you want to buy. You can find it. Yeah. Um, I, I I I didn't have any money and you couldn't find them. No, so whatever quest, I could, yeah, you know. whatever I could find, is what I ended up listening to a lot of. Mm. You know, so th- these days the. Uh, the amount of music that is at your fingertips and that is being released mm. more than ever before. I mean, it's just a, it's like a, uh, like a river of just constant mm. albums being thrown at you. 
It's way too easy. Yeah, so it's 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 harder to zone in on one and just have that one album be yeah. the one album you're going to listen to for the whole year. Yeah. I find I don't have enough time to listen to everything. Hmm. But I've since given Night Flight Orchestra oh, about four or five listens. Yeah. Not just because I knew we were going to meet up and talk, but also because I wanted to like totally remember what I heard in the car yeah. um, and compare it to... Was it as good as it was that night because Bjorn was in the car with me and mm. we were talking about it? Um, but it really is an exceptional album. I find it to be, and right out of the 2015 gates, I find it to be um, a real front runner for at least my top 10. I hope everyone else gets a chance to hear it. Do you guys have plans on, on releasing it this year and where and how? Well, we're currently on a small label in Italy, uh, Corner Records, um, which I'm really grateful that they, you know, wanted to sign us because it wasn't as easy as we thought, you know, finding a label for this kind of thing. And it's like, we approach so many labels and I mean, we, I guess we have a selling point, you know, in me and David being in the band, but also Charlie D'Angelo, which, you know, who's in a huge band, Arch Enemy and, you know, um, and Charlie's great. I've met him yes, a few times. Yes, he's fantastic. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, Funny another as hell. Another guy who is nicer than he looks. Yes. He could be very intimidating mm. to approach, I think. Yeah, I agree. So it's, it's been hard to find a label, and um, people just don't get it, you know. Yeah. And I thought everyone would get it. And it's like, wow, I'm actually doing something here that not a lot of people are, are getting. But it's like come on, don't you hear this, you know? And then you have certain people like Monty Connor, who's the biggest fan ever of, of this band. And he was trying so hard, you know, to find labels to sign this, so hard. But most people don't understand it. And, and I guess the selling point with me, David and, and Charlie being from those bands, disappear because it has nothing to do with metal but in a way i think it does it's not metal but it you know it it, it influenced me and my band you know for years and and i guess people just can't make that connection you know and and, and i then again most labels out there now they they only sign if you sound 70s we want you to sound like led zeppelin or or sabbath you know that kind of yeah style so i guess that's where is that right now? Um, it's interesting when you talk to there, there's there's I don't know there's a few different kinds of like people who are into metal, and um, I'm very critical of metalheads. Hmm. I feel it can be because I I consider myself to be one, hmm. but I think there's the the people who are rabidly into metal who just got it, but then you find out they're the ones who just got into metal, maybe mm. five years or less. Yeah. And that is what defines them. That is who they are. Yeah. And there's just no, there's no budging. Then there's people who've been into metal for a long, long time. A long enough time to know that it's not the only kind of music. And what you find, and I find this especially in Scandinavia, is mm. the, the more the, the, more the metalhead the more they're a rock fan, like, and mm. it goes deep with their rock yeah. fandom, yeah. the way it does for you. You almost define this category. Um, that, And that is what I feel someone who's confident with 
being um, a music fan mm. knows what they want. They're real music fans because mm. they just listen to, they just follow what their ears tell them, yeah. not what their eyes tell them. Yeah. And I think Very a true. lot of these p- labels who are who have who have said no to you guys are just. They just can only. They. I don't. I question if they're even music fans, mm. and how far deep does their music love go? Mm. I mean, you got to be deaf not to know that. Okay, so you don't like, um, um, what is it, Lady Stiletto or Living in the Midnight or whatever. L- l- <laughs> living t- for the nighttime. Living yeah. for the nighttime. Yeah, yeah. Track two, track yeah. three. Yeah. Maybe you don't like some of those more kind of '80s synth ones. Yeah. But dude, there's enough Purple and enough Kiss and Grand Funk for you to go. Okay, I, I can make the bridge there. Yeah. For me. I love that. I love the kind of the 80s synthy, more synthy stuff the montage you do. oriented stuff. Just wash me with that stuff. Like, I want to bathe in that stuff. I love it. And we started talking about, like, like more stuff beyond that in the car, like Tangerine Dream and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and um, yeah, I think sometimes, you know, you got to take music fans or lovers of music or so-called lovers of music by the hand. Mm. Or sometimes they just need to wait. You, you need to wait, and it, yeah. they need to like catch up. Mm. But this is maybe as much as it harkens back to an era that's what thirty years old. It's ahead of the game in two thousand and fifteen. Mm. It's so fucked to say, but mm. and it's a sad comment mm. that you guys are actually ahead of the game. Um, I guess in a sense, and I, I mean, I, I've seen people saying that it's like oh it sounds so like retro but it sounds refreshing at the same time which is kind of interesting like how it is i guess yeah maybe because people haven't really heard that stuff for a while and and if you hear it it's just like straight up aor with some singer from that band from and guitars from that band it's a project and it's released on frontiers records you know but it makes it it makes it uh palatable i think for for contemporary listeners like myself Mm. when it's not straight from the 80s going oh we found this lost gem because there is that connection in that bridge between these you know cool bands that Mm. that made it cool yeah you know so that's also something that i think labels would have enough keen sense to yeah capitalize on i mean i really i I mean i you know i wrote you like i think a day or two later Mm -hmm. going dude (laughs) this is like i fucking totally meant what i said in the car like and I felt that. Yeah, I was mm. just like, I can't believe. Like, I wouldn't, I mean, I would be so overcome by jealousy of you and your vocal abilities if I wasn't so genuinely impressed by this project. I'm like, there comes a point with me when someone impresses me to the point where it's like, well, like, there's just no catching up. Okay. Just join their club yeah. and <laughs> be done with it. Right. And that's where I found myself. Like wow, yeah. like you, mm. you really, wow! This is, f- f- this is awesome. Because I just had heard you nail, um, "Man on the Silver Mountain," like an hour yeah. before. So, and that's another thing. You don't, you don't um, warm up. No, that's something you told me years ago that I remember. Yeah. yeah. Like you're, you're some sort of freak. I don't know. I, I just. <sighs> Never really warned. I mean, I, I did see uh, 
vocal coach for a while who taught me some some of the chops but that was more like a confirmation thing for me it's like yes Bjorn you can sing and it's like oh he said it now now I can move on you know but you don't go oh no. like before the show or... no and it's actually a funny story because I, I I got sick um that's the only thing that can stop me on tour if I get sick and I did get sick and we were in Iowa somewhere and um my voice was pretty much gone. And uh, I could still sing a little, you know? It was like, oh, maybe I, you know, maybe I should actually warm up for a change, you know? And I did, and actually sounded worse after that. So maybe if your vocal cords are not, you know, used to that, you're just, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm doing everything right when I sing then. I, I don't know, I don't know any, I mean, I do vocal coaching with people on tour, you know, and I try to explain to them what I do, but it's really hard. You, you know? do vocal coaching with other people? Yeah, yeah, like, you know, fans. Oh, basically. Oh, I've done that, you know, a couple of runs, you know, that, you know, people can contact me and, and come to the, to the venue in the afternoon and I, you know, teach them what I know. What do you know if you don't warm up? Well, I just... I tell them like what I think is, is, is key, you know, how to make your voice stronger, for example. What I've been doing, you know, but it doesn't mean that it's going to work for them. I, yeah. mean, I can only tell them what I know and, and yeah. what I've done. And I've been working a lot on my falsetto, for example. I think oh, that's right. the key to, uh, to build up a strong falsetto is the key to uh, a lot a of strong singing. Voice. Yeah. And I also claim that even if you're doing screamy vocals, I think, you know, you, to become a good screamer, you need to become a decent, like, normal singer as well. I think you can hear that. Michael singing. Ackerfeld yeah. is another guy yeah. who, who can do both. Because he can bite the words off. And I, I, I feel that I've always, well, not always, but I've been becoming a lot better at, at enunciating the words. You can really hear what I'm saying, even though I'm screaming. And I think that's really important. And, and that's one thing that I'm really sick of. I can't listen to metal with a singer that I can't hear what he's saying unless it's something really brutal and it becomes more like a an effect mm -hmm. like an instrument and mm -hmm. not like telling a story because i believe you can tell a story in in, in brutal death metal as well right know? and i i, I want to hear what the guy is saying oh, it's, you, you're like um the fact that you don't warm up and sing the way you do in soil work you're kind of like the that skinny person who eats Whatever they really want. I just eat chocolate bars and yeah. potato chips. Yeah. What? You'll work what? out. No. I know. <laughs> um, and the fact that you don't get enough, you don't get sleep on tour or enough sleep or more than. Well, if, if I'm in a tour bus, I'm I'm usually fine. It's it's more mm. when we when we do uh, flying shows, Fly so out, to speak, right. and and you know there's a lobby call six in the morning, and I get really stressed over, uh, you know, getting enough sleep. Because you usually come to a hotel around midnight, and then it's like, okay, guys, see you in the lobby in five hours. It yeah. ain't gonna happen for me. It ain't gonna happen. Really? Yeah, and it's like when we, we toured Japan, we did Loud Park in, in October. Um, the night before, I slept maybe 20 minutes, and I was twisting and turning all night long. Could not fall asleep. And then we had that very, you know, super important show like a return to Japan. We haven't been there for a while. And we used to go there a lot, like every albums, you know, so. But I didn't get any sleep and still pulled it off. And that was fine. 
you know, it's, it was all adrenaline, you know, and I think that's a very important thing. If you don't have that, you can't do anything. So it's, yeah. uh, but I mean, I, I don't warm up. There are times when I just put my tongue behind like the lower mm -hmm. teeth and kind of stretch the vocal cords and that's about it, you know. Wow. And maybe you loosen up the neck. That's the equivalent of like, yeah. I don't know, I, I just eat about five bags of potato chips a day at McDonald's. Yeah, but then again, I, I got that gift, right? And I, I mean, I cannot, I can, if I go into like a convenience store and look at a Snickers bar, I gain 20 pounds, you know? So <laughs> I don't have that, but I, so I got that. the... Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, and, and you're here in Toronto. I mean, when you're in Sweden, because mm. it's interesting as well, um, when you're in Sweden, where are you? Um, in the very south. No, it's it's um, close to Helsingborg. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Which is close to Malmo. Right. Which, which you're familiar with. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, um, so, yeah. Yeah, okay. And then you split your time here in Toronto because I see you at shows every now and then. Yeah. There are always Swedish bands. Swedish yeah. death metal. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's Bjorn again, of yeah. course. Hello. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think when you told me about Night Flight was at a show. Probably. Was at the Michael Monroe show with Dragon on guitar. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's when I remembered it, and I, for some reason, the way you described it to me, I was like, "Oh, this will be exciting." Yeah. So that's how I held on to mm. the the project in my head. Yeah. I just couldn't remember the name. That's right. why. I'm happy to just have my bands that I like, and if people like them or not, that's I, I don't I don't care. Yeah. So, but I one of those bands now is Night Flight Orchestra. You're just living for the nighttime, aren't you?